Within you there exists a source of infinite divine energy which will enable you to do supernatural things if you allow it to work within you. The ancient Greeks called this power Energeia and I believe it is alive and well with us to this day. My name is James D. Newcomb. Welcome to the show. Hey, this is James. Thanks for pressing play on today's episode. I want to do a little bit of an experiment here on this episode. I want to talk about what is Energia or Energia. I, I, I guess it depends on where you're from in the world as to how you pronounce it. But I'm going to try a little something here. Incorporate artificial intelligence into this podcast because it's a wonderful tool, tool, and I use it often in my work producing podcasts. And as you're going to hear in just a moment, I, I even use artificial voices in some of my podcasts. Like my Trumpet Dynamics podcast, it was created using ChatGPT and then basically customized to, to my preferences. I just used it as a template and then uh, molded it in my own voice. So I use artificial intelligence quite a bit in my work, and it's a wonderful tool. And it's, I haven't used it for even a year, and I honestly can't imagine life without it. And I can't believe that I survived po editing podcasts for a living before artificial intelligence came along. I'd, I don't know how I did it, <laughs> honestly. Uh, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to play something. And basically, I asked ChatGPT some questions about Energia. And what you're going to hear is the questions, uh, along with the answers verbatim from ChatGPT, using uh, synthetic voices. And then I'm going to have some comments of my own on what is Energia. So I, I want to see what happens with this little thought experiment to incorporate AI in the podcast along with my own um, voice and my own Energia in making this something memorable. So what I'm going to do now is I'm just going to play for you the uh, synthetic voice uh, reciting the synthetic intelligence that was given to us by ChatGPT, a few questions that I put in about Energia, and then I'll have some of my own comments following it. So here we go. What is Energia? Energia is a Greek term that has historically been associated with the philosophy of Aristotle. It's an intricate concept that can be translated as activity, actuality, operation, or being at work. It is contrasted with another Aristotelian concept, Dynamis, which translates as potentiality or capacity. In Aristotle's philosophy, energia and dynamis are used to describe the relationship between potentiality and actuality, or the possible and the real. Here's a simple example to illustrate these ideas. Consider a wooden block. The block has the dynamis to become a statue, but only when a sculptor acts upon it does it realize its energia as a statue. In his work, especially in metaphysics, Aristotle delves deeper into these notions. He considers energia as not just mere activity, but as the realization or fulfillment of a thing's nature. So, for a living being, for example, energia can be seen as living and acting in accordance with its nature. The terms and concepts of energia and dynamis have had a lasting impact on Western thought, particularly in the areas of metaphysics.
theology, and the philosophy of action. They've been taken up, interpreted, and adapted in various ways by numerous thinkers over the centuries. Energia was also used in the Bible, wasn't it? Yes, the term energia appears in the New Testament of the Christian Bible, primarily in the writings of Paul. In this context, it's typically translated into English as working or operation. The term is used to describe the effective, active presence of God, particularly in relation to the working of divine power. For example, in Ephesians 1 20, Paul writes, And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places? Another example can be found in Philippians 2.13. For it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. In these contexts, energy emphasizes the active and effective power of God at work in believers and in the world. It's a notion of divine energy or activity that accomplishes God's purposes. It's also worth noting that Christian theologians, particularly in the Eastern Orthodox tradition, have delved deeply into the concept of energy in their theological reflection, especially when discussing the nature of God's actions and presence in the world. What are some prominent theologians that have written about energia? The concept of energia has been explored extensively within the Christian theological tradition, especially in the Eastern Orthodox Church. Several prominent theologians have written about energia, but some of the most significant figures include St. Gregory of Nyssa, one of the Cappadocian fathers. Gregory discussed the idea of energia in the context of understanding the divine nature and its manifestations. St. John of Damascus, an important theologian and church father of the Eastern Orthodox Church. John of Damascus explored the distinction between God's essence and energies, with energia referring to the latter. St. Gregory Palamas, perhaps the most renowned theologian to discuss the concept of energia in depth. Gregory Palamas was a key figure in the Hesychast controversy of the 14th century. He made a clear distinction between God's essence and his uncreated energies. For Palamas, while God's essence remains unknowable and inaccessible, his energies permeate and sustain the world, making it possible for humans to experience and participate in the divine life. This distinction was critical in defending the practices of the Hesychast monks, who believed they could experience the divine light through deep prayer and ascetic practices. Vladimir Lossky, a 20th-century Eastern Orthodox theologian, Lossky delved into the essence-energies distinction in his writings. He highlighted the significance of the Palamite theology and its relevance to understanding the nature of God and the deification of human. These theologians, among others, have offered profound insights into the concept of energy and its implications for understanding the relationship between God and the world, as well as the spiritual journey of the believer. Has energy been written about in non-Christian spirituality circle? Yes, while energy as a term is deeply rooted in the Aristotelian philosophical and Christian theological traditions, the broader concept of a life force or active principle that animates existence has parallels in various spiritual and philosophical traditions around the world. However, these concepts aren't typically referred to as energia but have their own terms and nuanced interpretations. Here are a few examples. Taoism, the concept of Kai in Chinese philosophy and spirituality is somewhat analogous. Kai represents the vital life force that flows through all things and sustains life. Traditional Chinese medicine, martial arts, and other practices focus on balancing and harnessing this energy. Indian traditions, in Hinduism, yoga, and related tradition, there's the concept of prana, which represents vital life energy. Ayurveda, India's traditional medicine, and certain yogic practices aim at balancing and optimizing the flow of prana in the body. Another concept, Shakti, represents the divine feminine power or energy in Hinduism and is essential to various philosophical and devotional paths. Buddhism, while Buddhism doesn't focus as heavily on life force concepts as Taoism or Hindu tradition, it does touch upon various forms of energy, especially in the context of meditation and certain tantric practices. 
These energies are often seen as manifestations of the mind's capabilities. Kabbalah, in Jewish mysticism, particularly the Kabbalah, there's a deep exploration of divine emanations and energies, referred to as sephirah. These are channels through which the infinite divine essence becomes manifest in the finite world. Sufism, the mystical branch of Islam, has extensive writings on the divine light and energies, and Sufi practices often focus on connecting with these divine emanations. Indigenous and shamanic traditions, many indigenous cultures around the world have concepts of life force, spirit, or energy that permeates all things, and shamans often work with these energies for healing, divination, and other purposes. While these concepts have parallels to energy, each has its own cultural, philosophical, and spiritual nuances. It's essential to approach each tradition with respect for its unique context and interpretations. Soul-stirring, wasn't it? No, not really. It sounded like a robot wrote that, and then a robot said it. It sounds like that because that's what happened. So I appreciate you bearing with me on that little experiment that I'm doing with my craft. It, it's, of course, it, AI is not going anywhere, so I owe it to myself to check it out and see what's possible with it. And uh, so what you just heard is just me just toying around with, with the tools at my disposal. But I do want to talk a little bit more in depth of my own uh, understanding of Energeia, what it is, what it means. And I want to mention, I've already mentioned my Trumpet Dynamics podcast, but there's a line in it that I, I am really, really proud of. And it was created by me, but it was also, um, as I mentioned before, it was aided with ChatGPT. But the line says, and this is in the opening of the podcast, so if you want to go find Trumpet Dynamics on your iPhone and just listen to the intro, you'll hear what I'm talking about. We hear from people whose energy or who, whose energy breathes life into a simple piece of plumbing. And that is the essence of how I understand Energeia. If you look at a trumpet... What, it, what is it? It's, a, it's just a bunch of tubing all by itself. It sits there. Uh, and to the, someone who doesn't play trumpet, well, it's just a trumpet. I mean, it looks like a trumpet. And uh, if you were to buzz your lips into the mouthpiece, it would make the sound that a trumpet makes. If you've never played it before, it's not going to sound very good because that's just the way things go with things that you do the very first time. But when you're a trumpet player, it's something very meaningful. And especially when it's your own personal trumpet, deeply intimate, it's deeply personal. It's interesting how uh, trumpet players often form their identity, or they, they kind of form a bond with their instrument. And there's a lot to this. It's, this isn't something that is just a little bit sick or a little bit weird for people to have a bond with an instrument because their energy is being poured into this piece of plumbing. Their creative energy is being poured into it. And it's very meaningful. It's deeply personal. Now, if I were to play my uh, old ambassador B-flat trumpet, which I like, it's not my favorite instrument that I've ever played, but I like it. Because it's me. It fits my personality. It's got the color that I like. 
Uh, it's it it just suits me. It 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 it's something that I would that I don't know how to describe it. It's just it's just me, and I like the sound that comes out of it. Another instrument that I had years and years ago was um, it, similar. A lot of these, uh, a lot of trumpet players, they get identif- they, they identify with a particular brand of trumpet. And I'm talking a craft that I know that, that's very well known to me, and you can listen to this and apply it to your own craft. You can, it applies equally well to any number of trades or professions or crafts. But um, when I'm playing my instrument... It's very different than just playing any instrument that I like find in a store. Or maybe if I need to borrow something because my own instrument is unavailable for whatever reason and I have to borrow something or maybe I'm just playtesting somebody else's instrument, then it's just, I don't know how to explain it other than it just feels different. It feels like I'm not myself when I'm playing that. But when I'm playing that instrument that is familiar to me, that I have poured my own creative energy into it, then I th- th- there's just something very special about it. And that's why I love that line in that opening of the podcast. And it's I, I, I honestly don't think that people can really even hear it because the music is moving pretty fast and the dialogue is moving fast. And I think that there's a way to... Maybe I should... And I think maybe I should um, try to redo the intro so that line is more prominent because it's it's a wonderful line and I'm really proud of it. And it just defines my own uh, worldview, my own philosophy when it comes to doing business or making music or even making a podcast. The things that we create and the tools with which we create them are so deeply intimate because we are pouring our energy into them. I've mentioned before that I have been attending Orthodox churches. Well, here in Virginia Beach, it's a Greek Orthodox church. And something that is a new concept to me that I'm learning and accepting, but still don't completely understand, is the concept of icons and artifacts and relics. And a lot of people who are not religious or Maybe they're not of the Orthodox um, tradition and lifestyle and way of thought. They'll listen to how this is explained and they'll think, well, that's hogwash. That's ridiculous. Uh, Especially with things like relics and the way that relics and the relics are pieces of clothing or perhaps uh, 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 they're perhaps pieces of clothing even bones, perhaps, of a great saint that lived hundreds, even millennia before us. The, the, the way that Orthodox Christians view it is that the energy of this saint is in this relic, piece of clothing, uh, uh, perhaps a chain that was worn by this saint. And we believe that the energy of this saint is in this relic. And the more that I think about this, the more that I ponder it, the more 
and especially the more that I um, equate this to my own craft as a musician, <clears throat> the more it makes sense. I had a podcast interview about a year ago. I'm recording this in October of 23. Uh, it was December of 22, I believe, and it was with uh, Ken Larson, who's a very famous trumpet maker and player, but he's more, more known for building trumpets than playing them. But he said something along the lines of that, that if you were to play a trumpet that was played by a great player, let's say um, somebody that the average person would know is maybe Wynton Marsalis, Doc Severinsen, Arturo Sandoval, those are pretty well-known. Chris Bode, those are pretty well-known trumpet players to non-trumpet players. And if I were to play, according to Ken, if, if myself or some other person were to play a trumpet played by Wynton Marsalis, we would feel the energy of Wynton Marsalis in the trumpet. Not, not, it's not like we would become, it's going back to orthodoxy, where it's not like we're being transubstantiated and we become Wynton Marsalis. It's nothing like that. We don't become better trumpet players because we're playing a trumpet that was played by Wynton Marsalis for years and years and years. But we will feel his energy. And I haven't actually experimented that with that myself. I haven't gone to a famous trumpet player and said, hey, can I play your trumpet? I, I don't think that would go over very well. <laughs> but if I were to perhaps purchase an instrument that was played by uh, a great trumpet player, I think it would be interesting to see what would happen. Would I feel anything? Would I feel any different? Um, I actually had an opportunity to purchase a trumpet owned by the guy that played the trumpet parts on Jurassic Park. If you've ever seen Jurassic Park, you know that uh, this is the original from 1993. Uh, wonderful, oh, just incredible trumpet playing in that. And I had a chance to own or purchase an instrument that was once played by this particular individual. And I, I thought if, if I were to able to make the purchase, which I wasn't able to, I thought it would be interesting to, to experiment that with that and see, is there anything to this, to this concept of what I call the kinetic transference of energy? Energeia, we're getting back on track here. I've been talking a lot about trumpet, but it's deeply intimate to me and my own instrument, my own, like, uh, another example of this is the C trumpet that I play. Uh, if you don't know, a B-flat trumpet, when you play a C on a B-flat, it's a B-flat on a piano. And if you play a C on a C trumpet, then it's a C on the piano. That's how it gets its name. You probably didn't get any out, out of that, but that's my explanation anyway. But the, my C trumpet is my favorite. And it's just got a unique design. It's got a really uh, characteristic it's just got such a unique design to it. The way that the tubing is laid out, the the triggers on the the slides are just different. They're just unique. And I looked at that instrument online and I said, I have to have that one. It's that is totally me. And I got that two years ago and I I am really glad I did because it suits me as a person. 
And in the two years I've been playing it, I have infused my own creative energy into it. And I've poured out my own energia into that trumpet. And so we're talking about energia and the way that I view it is we get energy from above. Like, what are we as human beings? We are we're skin and bones. I don't know all of the chemical elements that we're made up of, but what are we we're, other than just dust? And the book of Genesis talks about God breathing into the first man, who we call Adam, the breath of life that was energia that was breathed into that piece of clay that was formed in God's image. And that energia went into that man and he became a living, breathing soul outside of just lumps of clay. We're just lumps of dirt. But then we get that infusion of energy from our Creator. Whether it's the God of the Hebrew Bible or Jesus or perhaps another tradition that you honor and that you revere. It's fine with me. You're welcome to listen to this podcast. Either way, whatever you believe. But I want to leave you with that. What are we other than just... We're, we're nothing. But we call upon God to give us His energy so that we can do what we were put on this earth to do. For me... It's sitting here on the boardwalk and just recording a podcast. Earlier today, I played my trumpet. That is two things that are essential to me living out my purpose on this earth. What is your purpose? What are you doing? What are you not doing that you should start doing that is aligned with your purpose, why you're here? Uh, what What... Do you need to do to fulfill your purpose given to you by your creator, whoever it may be? Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. I want you to discover the energia that is within you that will allow you to accomplish great and mighty things on this earth. To learn more about the show and to connect with like-minded individuals, go to the web at energia.live. That's E-N-E-R-G-E-I-A. Dot L-I-V-E. Energea.live. Thank you for listening.